This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to Conch Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman, and joining me live is Emilio Donnell and former Fulham legend Rob Wilson. In this episode, we're going to be discussing Fulham's 1-0 victory at the end of the match against Birmingham City at Craven Cottage. It was quite a way to end the match, but as we were talking about off-air, Fulham were the better side in the second half. Something happened in the second half. I'll go to Rob and get his view when we talk about the match, but I'm very excited that Fulham found a way to get all three points. And, Emilio, I'm going to go to you first because I want to share this with you. So, Emilio said this to me before the match. So, Emilio, explain to everyone Emilio Danello right again. What, what, what were you and I talking about before the match? This time of the season, and fans, you know, share your comments on Facebook if you want, but it's all about points on the board. I don't care necessarily about performances as long as we convert – three points or don't lose games. For me, it's all about points on the board. Performances go out of the window somewhat. And I know, you know, it's, you need to keep putting the pressure on the teams around us. We did that, albeit very, very late. And I think, I think on balance of play, we probably deserved that win for just your determination that second half. But a win's a win. You know, I don't care how we get them as long as we, we get the three yep. points on the board. We found a way to win, like we did on Tuesday night. Ugly, but we won. Today, not pretty, but we won. So, for me, six points and not playing well out of six is actually not a bad return. But I can understand fans' frustrations watching drab football, especially that first half. It was absolutely appalling. Oh, um, but you know, it reminds totally me of Chris Hewton style of football at Brighton. You know, a few a few years back. Yep. Ago. And what did he do? He got the team promoted. Very difficult to beat. Tight, not pretty. Even in the Premier League, he took that philosophy into the Premier League. Albeit, he got sacked a year ago, but. He kept them two years into the Premier League as well by playing not so pretty football. So I don't necessarily want to see that week in, week out. But for me, we're at the stage of the season now. It's all about picking up points, not losing games, and maybe get a bit of momentum. If two wins on the bounce might give us a good, you know, put us in a good position against Nottingham Forest because that's not going to be an easy game. But we found a way to win. That's the key thing, and albeit ugly. 
And I don't care. Absolutely. Winners and winners. Totally agree with that, Emilio. That's what we've been talking about. It's about getting the points. It's mm. the last two matches have been ugly wins, but you know what? I'll take it. And Rob, mm. I want to go to you because I want to get your initial thoughts on this Fulham victory. You and I talked about off air, but a uh, huge difference between the first half and the second half. So just share with us your initial thoughts. And if you're watching us live right now, feel free to share your comments about the victory and who was your full man of the match. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I mean, the start of the game, the first nine minutes, we, we could have been two or three nil down. I mean, absolutely. Hector yeah. was absolutely Mistake appalling. after mistake. Yeah, uh, it, it, we just never got going that first nine minutes. And we were lucky to be two, or, if not mm-hmm. two or three down. I mean, uh, Rodax made a great save and they hit the crossbar. And we were, yeah. we were lacklustre and we, we just, that seemed to be the tempo for the whole of the 45 minutes. I'm pretty certain Scott went into him because even at the drinks break at 22 minutes, yep. you know, uh, gentleman Jim <laughs> commentated that he'd never seen um, uh, Scott as animated as he was. So I'm sure he was giving him some kind of volley and I'm sure at half time he gave him even more of a volley. But I think the difference of bringing Joe on at half time gave us natural left footed on there. Not, mm-hmm. You know, that Dennis is not a natural left back and keeps cutting back on his right. And that seemed to give us the impetus to um, change the game. And and for forty five minutes that second half we were just probing and probing and probing yep. and and it was a matter of time I thought oh yeah not as late as it did I think with Josh came coming on as well give us that engine to run beyond yeah. the uh, the strikers which we didn't really have a striker Reed should score that 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 late chance before oh, absolutely. the goal um, but like you say it's ugly it's points on the board you know you look at someone like Forest today at Derby they thought they played well and they conceded <laughs> in the ninety fifth yeah. minute you know yeah. so. You know, uh, it still keeps it open. You know, obviously Leeds and Brentford have, uh, have done what they, you know, good teams do. They win. Whether they played well or not, I don't know. But they've scored goals and won. And like you say, we've won the other night and we've won today. It's six points on the board. And that's all, uh, as Emilio says, a win is a win. You know, we all like to play nice football and, and, and be fluent. But, you know, let's just keep our, keep our noses in front. Just keep mm-hmm. chipping away. If West Brom or Brentford or Leeds do slip up in the coming games, we're in some kind of form. May not be the form we the footballing form, but we're in right. a winning form. Okay, excellent, Emilio. I want to go to you. Feel free to share your comments on what Rob just shared, and then go to your initial thoughts. Yeah, man, I, I, you know, I agree totally what Rob said. At first, Hector's a different player. I don't know what what plan he's yeah. been on the last three or four months. But you compare him the last three or four games compared to pre-lockdown. Like, it's unbelievable shoot. the difference. Oh, he's yeah. not quite right there. I don't know if it's his fitness, his mind. It's something not quite right. He's off. He's not as sharp. Just not sharp. No, he's picking up yellow cards, making errors. You know, getting away with errors. And maybe a lot of the fans are saying, "Well, Hector's Hector. We love him. He's done. You know, he's, he's an excellent no, signing." Not right. He's I'm, I agree with Rob. From the fans, whereas Tim Ream makes a mistake and is getting criticised and vilified by the fans. Both are probably playing as badly as each other at the moment. And you know, to Rob's point, we were lucky. To, to still stay goalless after that first you know, 10 minutes of the game. You know, but the first first, first half was awful. There's just literally, at one point we had, I think, 85% possession, yet they had the best, they had hit the bar and made a save. So, again, it's just too many passes. We didn't, we didn't look creative in any shape or form. We, we lacked a bit of hunger, desire, strength, I think. I think we lacked a bit of strength there. We obviously losing Mitrovic up front. We've got Bobby Reed is fairly lightweight. We've got two... To you know, the Cavaleros and Knockouts equally are not the, the physically the biggest people in the world. So I think we we lacked a bit of strength, and 
you know, in in that in on that pitch, to be honest. And I thought we were getting really mm-hmm. bullied bullied in that first half. But uh, equally, I think you know Parker will get rewarded for uh, for making the substitutions. I think putting Joe Bryan on gave us a bit more oomph. I'm not a big fan of Joe Bryan, as you know, defensively. Right. But he offered a lot more than what Dennis did. And Absolutely. looked a little bit more dangerous than what Dennis had offered us. But then Josh coming on, like I said to Rob's point, he gave us that strength, that physique. I think that he, we bullied Birmingham in that second half. And totally. Big difference in that. And, you know, let's not forget, before his injury, you know, he turned out, he turned out to be a very good signing for us. He was making a difference in that, in, in that central midfield role for that, for that couple of months after he scored against Leeds in December. Unfortunately, he picked up an injury, but we missed him for a period of time. If you recall, we were all saying, "Well, actually, Josh Oliver going off injured for a long, long-term injury." We lacked a bit of strength in that midfield. So, please, when we scored the goal, but a win is a win at the end of the day. It's uh, you know, this time of the year, we hit the nail on the head. Keep chipping away. All we can do is win the games that we need to play. Worry about ourselves and hope the others drop points. But at the moment, Brentford don't look like slipping up. We're going to win the championship. So. Who knows? Funnier things have happened, but all we can do you is can, just... You, you can only control your own destiny. Yeah, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. Rob, I want to go back to you because Emilio shared something interesting, talking about the substitutions. He also went and talked about the substitution of uh, Josh Anima. So I want to ask you, because I've been critical of Scott's substitutions in the past. I think he got it pretty right on today with his substitutions. Yeah, most definitely. I think making that one at half time, I think, was a big statement. You know, um, you know, he, he turned around obviously and must have had a go at them and decided that they were going to have more natural width than opposed to tight width. Uh, you know, wideness, wideness on the on the left because Dennis doesn't really go up and down like Joe does, as as, as Emilio says. I, I criticise uh, Joe for his defending, which we, we've done all season. But going forward, he's he, he's one of the best left-sided players who can knock a cross in uh, when he's on his game. And I think he gave us that natural balance uh, as well. And, and Josh coming on at the right time, yep. you know, gives us that engine. You know, Josh was was a you know pre-lockdown. He was one of our best players and really coming Absolutely. into his own. And he's athletic. He gets around the pitch. He's technically very good. He can put a tackle in. He breaks, you know, he breaks from midfield, which obviously, you know, when Mitro's playing or even Reed playing today, it, 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 it's something for their defenders to make a, a forward run and, and track. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was the right decision to bring them on at the right time. And we've all been critical of Scott at certain times this season with his substitutions. But, yeah, you know, that's, that's why I want to give him his due, Rob. I, I think I should give yeah, him his due. Yeah, the right ones today. I think today we saw the best of Tom Kearney for a long time. You know, well, it's, fun, it's was, funny you mention that, guys, because I'm going to share this comment. You know, he were probing, yeah, he were probing first half all the time, uh, even second half there. You know, you look at that first 10 minutes, even though we could have been three down, he put two yep. great balls into camp mm. behind the scene. So, yeah, we saw the best of Tom, but we, we played him in a, his rightful position, which is, you know, just that free roll, just roaming around behind the number, you know, the nine or the ten as it is now. Yeah. Guys, I want to go back and look at uh, the comment from Steve Reynolds. It says, uh, Kenny looked more involved. Naki seems frustrated, but great final ball from Reed. Not great, but agree with Emilio. Emilio, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Rob, Rob mentioned the point there. Kenny did look more involved. He's had a very sort of a poor, poor return to, to the season after the lockdown. So it's good to see him a little bit more involved today, especially in that second half. Knockhart divides opinion, doesn't he? You know, even look at this week, you know, we're signing him, not signing him. Watley, we're paying. 
you know, it's we've not seen the best of Lockhart, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if that's going to be a great signing if we were to get promoted. Is he? Can he do a job in the Premier League? I'm, I'm not. I'm not entirely certain he can. Not certainly not the way Scott Parker sets a, sets a team up to play. So, you know, he looked poor. For me, I was disappointed that we left the change a little bit there. I know we've talked about Scott Parker's substitution being on Josh. Why yep. did we bring the young lad on in the 87th minute? Surely go out, go out for broke. You know, one point versus zero points. I don't think there's much to to lose there. Whereas one point versus three points is, is more significant. So. He should have just thrown, you know, got, you know, made a change after about 70, 75 minutes and given the young lad more than just three minutes plus added time. But albeit we've got the three points, but it's I'm not sure what, what, what purpose there was to bring on that lad when you're nil nil at home against a, an average team when you've, you've got to get, go out and get that winner. So that was that for me, that was a poor decision. We should have made, took, taken off knock a lot sooner. Again, same old, same old. It gets a lot of the ball. Looks doesn't look up. It looks up. His final ball isn't very good. His shots are way off target. So again, something's not quite right there because he's not the player that we all expect to see. Okay, I want to share a couple comments from our co-host Giannis, Janaeus. Hmm. Don't care how we did. We got to win. Take the points and run to the pub. He follows <laughs> that up with this. I want Rob to see this. Robbo needs to come out of retirement. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, very good. Keep the comments coming. Yeah. We have a very, lot of people no, no, commenting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll keep the comments coming. And I'm sorry about there's been a, a few technical difficulties. We have a lot of people watching us live. It could be a bandwidth issue, believe it or not, which is great that we're having some actual technical difficulties. I think it's because so many people are joining us, guys. So, Emilio, I want to go to you. What was the turning point of the match for you? Um, arguably, obviously, Josh coming on just gave us that gave us that physical presence and strength in midfield, like I mentioned earlier. I think maybe even to bring in Joe Bryan, I just came with a bit more urgency. And I think the half time was the ch- turning point for me because it was a game of two halves. Really, yep. the first half we were anonymous. We, you know, I was I was dreading seeing the first nil nil game at Craven Cottage for what? How long? Eight nine years. You know, I was resigning myself to the fact that thankfully I wasn't in the stadium watching that draft game. But for me, I think the turning point was was half time, going back and in, going into the dressing room, getting a kick up the backside, like Rob said, and you know, we came out a lot more rejuvenated and adding Joe Bryan's positive, you know, more positive way of playing compared to Dennis. So I think that made that made the difference for me. So the half time couldn't come soon enough, and give give Scott Parker his dues. He did. He had the balls to make a change at half time, and but. Towards it, could have made a couple more substitutions earlier towards the back end when we're still in the game at nil nil, and you know a goal was was coming. But I think we could have been a little bit more positive equally as well. Okay, excellent, Rob. You've already kind of mentioned this. I I shouldn't speak for you, but what's the turning point bringing on Joe Bryan for you? Yeah, yes, most definitely. Yeah, I agree with what Emilio says. Yeah, I think by bringing Joe on at half time, I think it would have changed the mindset of the lads even in the middle of the park because they could naturally give the ball out there to a, to Joe, knowing that he's always going to be in that advanced left-back role. Uh, and, you know, you give it to him and he's comfortable and he's always going to be an out. So I think if you look at our pattern of play for 45 minutes, it was down the left-hand side. So I'm sure that gave us the impetus to keep driving on. Uh, consequently, the goal came from the right-hand side. Um, mm. with a great run from, from Harrison, you know, which he doesn't make too many runs forward, but it was a run that you know, upset their defenders that caught the eye mm. and it gave Josh the opportunity to drift into the box and, and tuck it away nicely. So 
Uh, yeah, I think Joe was the turning point. Uh, okay. Not only his physical presence and natural balance with left foot, I think it also gave the confidence to the rest of the players that they could go from side to side uh, with some authority. Very interesting analysis. What are your thoughts, Emilio, what Rob just shared there? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, Harrison Reed has probably been our best player since since lockdown uh, in these these four games. And he's been... A, Defensively, he's been extremely strong, solid, and you know, covering a lot of ground. You know, today, you know, that clearance. You know, when it was goalless, you know, you know that could have been like you said before, before we went on on there. That could have been a one-on-one situation, but he was there just to just to mop up. You know, when defensive frailties in our team. So for me, he's done a great job. He looks back. He looks sharp. He looks fit. He's come back from a few niggling injuries this season, and you know, he could be a, a crucial asset for us. You know, in, in the in the running for these next few games and potentially in the playoffs because. The playoffs is, you know, there's two more games. It's all about, for me, it's about gathering momentum and get, you know, getting yourself fitter game by game. So every sure. game, we should get stronger, more confidence. Um, the, t- the players will start to get more fit. And we want to start picking up points at the right time. You know, you, wanna, you don't want to do what Brentford are doing. They're winning sure. comfortably, 3-0, 4-0. Brentford don't look like dropping any points, but how long can they sustain this for? There's hope that they may start to fade away, but no, nothing to suggest that's going to happen for now. But all we can do is keep chipping away, but Harrison Reed could could be a big difference here. We, you know, he's he's making a massive difference here. And I like your analogy, uh, Rob, before that he's a Ray Lewington in this generation of players. You know, the, the comment you made as well before. Oh, fair. You know, he's, he's, uh, That's high praise. Yeah, yeah, very high praise. So yeah, I think we, we we need him in midfield. I think if we didn't have someone who's that lively, always trying to keep things ticking over, I think we'd we'd, we'd be struggling. We wouldn't have, we probably would have had the two wins in the last two games. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, I'm going to share this other comment. This goes with our theme here, Dave Clark, David Clark, sorry. A win is a win, but you can't keep hoping that gets you through. That's an interesting <clears throat> argument there. Rob, I kind of disagree with David. I see where he's going. He He's making it sound like I'm sorry, David, if I'm putting words in your mouth. A little lucky. I, I don't see this as lucky. I think grinding out wins also is a mentality, and I think that's what Fulham are doing. It's not pretty. I will be the first to tell you, but I think you can win ugly. I think you can consistently win ugly. What What are your thoughts about that, Rob? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we all like to play nice football, and and um, just touching on what Amir says about Harrison Reed, I think he's been our, our best player, yes, in, in, since the uh, resumption of play, and he's, you know, he's a he's doing a fantastic job in the middle of the park there, protecting the the back four as well mm-hmm. as. As, as keeping it nice and simple and winning it and keeping the ball moving as, as we go through the through the phases. Um, yeah, and you're right. What I said, he, he is a, he's a very uh, – reminds me of a player that I had many years of playing with, Ray Lewington, um, going back all them years. The oldest, mm-hmm. the older generation will uh, remember Ray. Uh, they're both small, both ginger, both very good on the ball, both love a tackle. Um, and I think he's been – you know, he's been a revelation. So um, – so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we all like to play nice football. But, listen, if, if we can't catch Brentford, West Brom or, or, or Leeds, you know, let's continue the winning formula going into the playoffs because, you know, continuity and confidence yep. will, will be needed when we get to that semi-final stage, whoever we may play. So, you know, uh, I agree with Emilio. I think the wins are win, the points on the board. You know, Forrest will probably got him kicking themselves to concede mm-hmm. in 95 today. You know what I mean? And, we would have been gutted and we would have been coming on here slating everyone if we hadn't got that <laughs> mm. goal in the 96th minute. But listen, this is true. You know, this, this yeah. is Fulham we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Over to you, Emilio, your thoughts on that, because it's interesting. When I look at what David said, on the face of it, you could say, yeah, you can't keep winning like this, but I actually think you can. Mm. And, you know, Rob brings up a good point. You know, it's funny. I've heard the argument, you can't play like this heading into the playoffs. My argument is, why can't you? Because mm. it's a winning mentality. It's, again, a confidence to, that you can win any way you have to win. So for me, it really is getting all three points and grinding it out. I don't, I don't like the look of it, but in the end, it goes back to what you said, Emilio. A win is a win. It's about the points. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just seeing David. Another comment you put is, "Please don't get, let's get carried away." And I don't think none of us are getting carried We're away. Not getting carried away. All we can do is win each game. All we can do is we turn up for 90 minutes and, and play and play to the best of our ability and make sure we can yep. pick the points. So for There's me. You know, for me, it's, uh, again, reflect on what Chris Tutor did at Brighton. How many 1-0 wins did he grind out in that season they got promoted? They weren't pretty, but they played to a system which didn't win over the fans. But you ask the Brighton fans, what do they want? Premier League, play, playoff play in the Premier League or stay in the Championship playing more pretty football? Right. Guaranteed, most of them would have said, I want to go into the Premier League. He kept them in there for two years. And then it was a, then there came a time when you have to change philosophy and Brighton are trying to do that. And with Fulham, unfortunately, we've got a manager who doesn't necessarily play the prettiest standard of football, but we've got to persevere. Let's get behind the team, whether you like Scott Parker or not, whether you believe in his tactics or not. Let's hope that the players can see our comments. They can they can get some confidence and take this victory or these two victories onto Nottingham Forest and keep just keep playing on. It's, yeah. There'll come a time when you know we are going to fall short. We did against Brentford and we did against Leeds. We didn't deserve to win either of those two games, but for me... All we could do is play against the opposition in front of us, and I don't care how we get the three points, it's win those games. And in the playoffs, it's two games. It's a lottery. It's right. a cup final or semi-final, whichever way you look at it. And anything can happen. Just because Brentford are whipping teams 4-0, 5-0, they don't turn up in a semi-final playoff, playoff game. You know, they could be knocked out. How many, how many teams have got to the playoffs playing outstanding football and, never, and don't get to that Wembley playoff final? Many teams I can be. Many teams. So, for me, it's not about the way you play week in, week out. It's about being difficult to beat. If we can become difficult to beat and not being pretty and grinding out victories like today and, and against QPR, then we've got maybe some we've got some optimism to look forward to. So, David, okay. I get where you're coming from. I'm not getting carried away. <laughs> all I, all I want to do is I want to see the team win, you know, in, in whichever way, especially the business end of the season. Right. Guys, let's end with man of the match. Okay, Rob, I'll go to you first. Who was your man of the match? I would say uh, Harrison Reed, me. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Again? Again, yeah, again. Okay. How about you, Emilio? Yeah, I think I think you have to give it to Harrison in terms of what he did defensively and the assist for the goal and that you know that that run towards the end of the year, which contributed to the goal. So for me, I think it's I think a no brainer for me. I think it's Harrison Reed, and I would have given it to Josh Onomer just for the sake he actually scored the winner, but yeah. Harrison Reed, in terms of his overall play over the 99 minutes, however long we played that game, I think for me, I think Harrison Reed by far wins man of the match. Yep. I'm just sharing a comment from Robin Pendro, man of the match, Harrison Reed. I'm with you guys. And I talked about this off air. I would like five Harrison Reeds on the pitch. Again, <laughs> it's just his mentality, his motor, the way he works. Again, he made a last ditch tackle, if I can remember, in the second half. It's that type of mentality that I think we need more of. So for me, he definitely is Mm. man of the match. But, you know, 
I can make an argument for the goal scorer too, Josh Onima. And could I make an argument, Rob, for Tom Kearney here? Yeah, I mean, I think Tom, I think Tom, follow, uh, you know, ran him close to be honest. Um, in terms of, if you look at, I bet if you looked at Tom's stats overall in that game, he was probably our most influential person on the ball in terms of passes. Uh, I don't think he probably gave it away more than two or three times in the whole games. Yeah. I'm just thinking aloud, going back to the stats pre-lockdown, guys, you know, we we went into that, uh, you know, one in 12 we'd lost. So, you know, we went into pre-Christmas in a, a little bit of not good form, but then we went on a great bit of a form of, of going into lockdown. And I think it was probably only one defeat in 12 and maybe two in 16. So we can easily turn it round, even though we've not started brilliantly. Mm-hmm. You know, two out of four is, is probably OK. Um, so we know we can turn it up a notch in terms of fluency. I mean, we're never going to get a 90-minute performance out of Fulham no, because they, no. don't, they just don't play like that. You usually get 145. You know, you look back to the Millwall game of, of um, uh, when we played fantastic for 45 minutes. You know, we just never seem to do two lots of 45. Um, but, you know, listen, uh, we keep winning. We keep chipping. Um, and as I say... Winning wins continuity, and if we go into the playoffs uh, against whoever we play, um, then you know we, we know we can turn it up at any time. So uh, onwards and upwards for me. Okay. Can I just pick up on a comment there? I see from Steve Lidyard. Can't win playoffs playing like that. Okay, Darby I'm going to share that. Like last season, and they got to the playoff final. So let's not remember. Twelve months ago, Derby County struggled with the lowest points tally. In living memory for for a team in the championship playoffs, they got to the, they won that semi final. I can't remember who they beat, but they got to the final at Wembley. Albeit they lost to Aston Villa. So, to be honest, form goes out the window when it goes to cup final, semi finals, what have you. Right, so I agree with that. All these games mean nothing. It's what you do in those in that playoff match or semi final uh, over two legs and then the final. So for me, I look at twelve months ago, Derby County. I keep banging on about it. weren't pretty underperformed again under Frank Lampard. Look where he is now. But they got to the final at Wembley without playing well. So what's that? So there is still room to be optimistic despite sure. the lacklustre performance. So I don't I'm not getting carried away like fans are saying. What I'm trying to say is let's let's get accept the victory and, and keep plugging away as Rob mentioned a couple of times before. Well Steve tends to be just a little negative. So I'll just mention that. <laughs> just not a little. Saying that will just he? A little. <laughs> okay guys listen this is great to do i just want to thank rob wilson and emilio for joining me today to talk about this huge form victory i didn't think it was going to happen at the end i was getting a little nervous but they found a way to win and that's what it's about that's what we're talking about today we are not sugarcoating it and by saying it was pretty football because it certainly was not but it was effective because they got all three points and they were the better team in the second half that's my analysis they were the better team as rob said much better, and uh, thankfully, something was probably, as Rob said, said at halftime because it was a different side in the second half, and the substitution can I say of Joe Bryant made a difference. So, and can I just, just say one shift. thing as well? Just one thing to add. Yeah, maybe this is debate for debate tomorrow when you do the full, the long, the long show. Yeah. Have we missed Mitrovic? Mitrovic, two games played, two defeats. That's Mitrovic team, six points out of six. Just throwing it out there. I'm not saying. We've obviously we've had to play without our big man up front and yep. won both games, albeit with weaker opposition. But just a theory out there. And I know Steve did just saying we we don't lack goals, but we've won the two games without Mitrovic, our top score scorer. So 
It's an interesting It's point. an interesting debate. Maybe a long, we need another show to talk about that. But okay. Okay. Well, I'll give Rob a shot at this. Rob, what do you make of what, what Emilio shared about not having Mitro and Fulham getting these two victories? And that's all end the show. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a dynamic with Mitro not playing. I mean, obviously, Bobby's played up there. And he hasn't really been a focal point in both games as a number nine because he's not a natural player with his back to play, you know. And that's probably why we find found it very hard in both the games to get any kind of fluency because the ball needs to go up and come back so we can get that sort of continuity of, of playing off your front. So, you know, we've been very fortunate over the two games to get six points in terms of, you know, not playing well and not playing with a recognised number nine. We haven't got one, obviously, at the moment, either on the bench or, or you know, a, a, who can start there that's going to give us that that focal point. But So we've had to sort of adjust our game a bit. And I think with the stats in terms of possession, obviously, first half and probably more second half today was pretty, um, you know, that would justify that. I didn't see the stats the other night from QPR, but... Um, you know that's you know we 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 knew what we were what was what was on the table when we when when Mitro got suspended. We right. obviously have to go into Tuesday game and finish it off. Um, but yeah, we can win without Mitro. You know what I mean? I think it's a different dynamic and we play a different way. Um, and and if I was honest, even though he's played he's scored goals for us this year, I don't think Mitro's played that well this season. Okay, okay, very good in build-up play. I won't disagree with you, and uh, we, we could do a show on that, but we do have to wrap this up. Rob, I want to thank you for joining Emilio and me. Thank you for joining us, as always. Yeah, we've had okay. a few technical issues today as well, but it's yeah, good, to have you, a, good to have yeah, you we've back. We've had a few technical issues. Emilio, thank you for joining me, my friend. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for people listening or watching in. So, yeah, please do continue to share your comments. Uh, good to, um, yeah, we have I'll, a ton of them. As soon as I can. <laughs> we have a ton of them. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. For Rob Wilson and Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.